0: The information provided on this podcast does not, and is not intended to, constitute legal advice. Instead, all information, content, and materials available are for general informational purposes only.
1: Welcome to Rights Here, Rights Now, the podcast about disability, advocacy, and activism. I'm your advocate host, Valerie Jones.
0: And I'm your advocate host, Suzanne Herbst.
1: Every two weeks, we dig into relevant issues, current events, and avenues for all self-advocacy.
0: Because someone has to.
1: And it might as well be
0: us. This podcast is produced by the Disability Law Center of Virginia, the Commonwealth's Protection and Advocacy Agency for Disability Rights. Find out more at dlcv.org. And Valerie, we have a very good episode today. Very exciting. We have one of our delightful colleagues, Rhonda Thyssen, a senior disability rights advocate here, and she is talking to us today about the differences between nursing facilities and assisted living facilities, which I think, yeah, which is, I think, something that people have heard about but maybe don't really know the ins and outs of, so that's what we're gonna learn about today.
1: Very exciting, I'm very excited about that. Before we jump in, let's check out Disability in the News.
2: On social media during the month of day, GLCD will be highlighting several outstanding individuals, businesses, and organizations who, over the course of the 2020 COVID 19 lockdown, exemplified compassion, dedication, and innovation in continuing to provide services to people with disabilities throughout Virginia. These stories were the result of over 45 nominations submitted by members of the public and search of regional winners for upcoming Disability Impact Alliance that we will be eventually hosted on June 17, 2021 from 5.30 to 7.30. For more details about this event, once you register to participate in the Live Award webinar, please visit our website, www.glcv/events or contact Outreach at
0: Well, thank you so much for being here with us today, Rhonda. We are so happy to have you. Thank you. Um, So a lot of us have heard about nursing homes and assisted living facilities, but we might not know a whole lot else about those two settings. So what are the differences between nursing homes and assisted living facilities? So
3: there's a bunch of differences, actually. And the basic, most important difference between assisted living facilities and nursing facilities, which you might hear people refer to as nursing homes or skilled nursing facilities, is the level of care that they provide. Um, Nursing facilities provide a higher level of medical and rehabilitative care than assisted living facilities do. So generally, uh, so that, for example, uh, people in nursing facilities might be um, in need of more intensive um, aftercare from hospitalization like if they've had surgery or if they've had a heart attack or they have a serious medical condition that, you know, when they're released from the hospital that requires that they have, you know, IV medications or artificial respiration, uh, you know, like with a ventilator or something like that, or they need, you know, a lot of assistance in completing their activities of daily living, which is, you know, stuff like bathing and dressing and cooking meals and feeding themselves, you know, or if they have complex medication needs. Um, So, you know, people that are, so sometimes nursing facilities provide rehabilitation services, which, you know, are people that are recovering after a stroke that need occupational therapy or things like that. Whereas assisted living facilities are more um, of a, uh, they're designed to be a uh, more home-like environment that provides some assistance with people's activities of daily life. So, you know, folks in an assisted living facility, you know, the the stereotypical view of somebody in an assisted living facility is somebody that's retired and they're older, so they no longer have the physical ability to take care of a house, like maintain a lawn or, you know, those kinds of things. So assisted living facilities give, give them staff support when they need it. But not at the level that a nursing facility does.
1: Thank you for that explanation. It certainly cleared up a lot. Um, so, can you tell me? It sounds like nursing homes are
3: medical settings. Um, what are our assisted living facilities? So, right. So, nursing facilities are considered medical. In some cases, they're you know kind of more like a hospital setting, but not as um, not as serious quote unquote uh, as somebody that needs a hospital care, which is generally like acute care needs, like, you know, somebody that's just had a heart attack or just had a stroke. Um, Assisted living facilities are considered residential settings. So they can be anything from a small family-like home with a handful of residents, like, you know, eight to 10 residents in a home-like environment, to high rise buildings that have all kinds of like services like hair salons, you know, restaurants on site, they've got recreational facilities. And there are some larger, um, I don't know how to even read facilities, I guess, or settings that provide in one, uh, one, one place a range of care services. So they might have an assisted living, uh, component they might have a nursing care component and they might have a memory care component and memory care is a generally either assisted living or nursing care for people that have uh, cognitive impairments like Alzheimer's disease, for example. Um, and the other thing, too, is that because nursing facilities are considered medical they need to have a greater degree of higher skilled medical staff on hand so for example um, the Virginia uh, regulations for licensing nursing facilities has requirements that there have to be you know certain number or certain availability of services provided by registered nurses for a minimum number of hours a day uh, whereas assisted living facilities because they provide a lower level of that physical care don't always have to have an RN. They could have a, a licensed practical nurse, which is a nurse that doesn't have such that has a, a, a lower need, uh, lower requirements for training and education.
0: So nursing facilities usually have a higher level of medical care. How long are residents expected to stay at a nursing home, especially versus an assisted living facility?
3: Right, gotcha. So nursing home stays, as compared to assisted facility stays, tend to be shorter. Um, Like I said before, skilled nursing care often follows a hospitalization. Or if a person experiences declining health and they need regular nursing care, Um, You know, maybe they need, uh, you know, some respite care where they can build up their strength or again, it's, you know, like the recovery environment. Um, So it's not supposed to be a long term stay. Now that said, about 80% of people who move into a nursing home stay for over 100 days. So for a lot of people, this is more than just a quick stay, uh, you know, for a couple of weeks, you know, following a stroke or whatever, it might be longer. Um, so an assisted living facility, on the other hand, because it's residential, it can be considered a long-term. So, and it's even permanent housing for some people. So like I mentioned before, the you know, uh, grandma that's retired and she can't take care, care of uh, her home anymore, or maybe she you know, needs some support that her family can't provide because they live you know, in another city or whatever. Um, so, you know, assisted living pac- facilities are designed to provide the person uh, with quality of life while having some assistance with those daily activities that can be a challenge because of their health or, or because they have a disabling condition. So in general, you know, nursing care is supposed to be shorter term. There are people that stay in nursing facilities for a long time. I mean, it, it, for people that are, are older adults that have serious health conditions, you know, it's not uncommon for them to stay in nursing homes for an extended period of time. But it's not really designed for that. Unfortunately, we don't have a lot of options in our medical care system, Uh, so you know it's it's more difficult sometimes to access home health care services, for example which would allow a person to receive the care they need in their home instead of going to an institution like a nursing facility. But yeah, in, in general, it's it's hard to say, you know, the average time that people stay, but um, it depends on the person. So I know that's, that's a difficult question to answer though.
1: Uh, it seems that the assisted living facilities can be more um, in a relaxed setting. Um, then um, nursing facilities. So let's talk about the level of independence residents have at each kind of these settings.
3: Sure. So um, because nursing facilities are designed to help people, uh, you know, rehabilitate or recover um, following hospitalization, or if they've had a decline in their health, those uh, like if, if, you know, if you've know, you ever been in a hospital, you know, a hospital is the hardest place to rest because people are coming in every couple of hours to monitor and stick you with needles and do all those other things that they do in hospitals. So in nursing facilities is sort of similar because they're because people need a higher level of, of medical and personal support care. Um, there's typically constant monitoring and around the clock stuff that happens. And so the resident's schedule may be more limited based on what their medical care or or personal care needs are. Um, On the other hand, folks that live in assisted living, you know, it's designed to give them greater freedom so they can come and go as they please and, and decide, you know, how often and to what degree they will they need or they would accept the assistance of staff. So, you know, um, a good example is like, you know, many assisted living communities offer transportation services. Like they'll have a bus that, you know, takes folks around so that they can go shopping or they can, you know, go to medical appointments or or take outings in the community uh, without having to worry about whether or not they can drive. Because, you know, some people they're in assisted living because they no longer can do the things that they used to do when they were younger or maybe Healthier, so, so um, you know, people choosing an independent or assisted living rather, they shouldn't be people that need round-the-clock medical attention because assisted living facilities are not uh, designed to do that. Um, again, like I said before, there are some facilities that have multiple levels of care and the state, the Virginia Department of Social Services, which licenses assisted living facilities, licenses several levels of care. So they license residential only, which is really people that just kind of need some supportive assistance. Like there's one uh, level that's not just residential, but it's like residential and uh, significant personal care assistance. And then there's another level for people in memory care. Um, so it really kind of depends on, on the facility as to what they provide and to what extent they provide. And I think also it's important to acknowledge that a, an assisted living facility is going to also vary in what it offers based on the cost of the facility. Uh, that's an important consideration also.
0: And that's a great way to transition Rhonda, because I'm sure what a lot of people are wondering here is what about the cost? Because when we're talking about, especially some of these assisted living facilities that have, you know, hair salons and all these extra, you know, amenities in there, what are yeah, what are we talking about cost wise for these right. different kinds of settings?
3: Yeah, great question, and it's important for people to understand this. So, um, because skilled nursing facilities or nursing homes uh, provide a higher level of care and they have round the clock staffing, they're they're much more expensive. Um, so. Uh, Genworth Financial, which is a, a nationwide company that provides long-term care insurance, I think they do an annual uh, study of the cost of nursing care and assisted living care in the country. And the most recent numbers that I saw in Virginia, the average cost for an assisted living facility is 400, uh, I'm sorry, $4,800, so4800 $4, dollars a month. Um, at now for a nursing facility, that would be seventy-five hundred dollars a month for a semi-private room, which is where you would share a room with somebody else, or eighty-five hundred dollars a month for a private room. Um, so again, you know, when you add those costs up per year, that comes out to be a significant expense. I mean, so if you pay the average uh, cost for assisted living in Virginia, you know, you're paying fifty-seven thousand six hundred dollars right now per year just for your assisted living. So. Um, and again, nursing facilities a lot more expensive. So, what uh, it can be challenging for people, especially people with disabilities, who, you know, uh, the poverty rate among people with disabilities in the United States is over 20, is twenty seven point two percent, I think, in twenty nineteen, and so paying these rates is incredibly expensive. Um, so, it, it really takes people to plan ahead uh, if they can, you know, like especially when you're talking about people, you know, that are looking at retirement. Uh, to to plan ahead so that they know what they need, what they're getting themselves into or what they might need, you know, when they get to that point. Um, And as you can imagine, this is a challenge for people that, you know, they don't have the resources or they have, you know, an accident, for example, and they get a traumatic brain injury um, and they've had no, you know, time or ability to plan for that, uh, for that cost, Um, you know, and it's, it's a challenge for people.
1: Okay, wow, that was mind blowing. Um, <laughs> those
3: are some expensive stays. <laughs> Can you tell me does insurance
2: help with this?
3: So, um, nursing facility costs, um, well, let me talk about the ALF, uh, the assisted living uh, thing first. So, uh, on the regular market, the insurance marketplace, only long term care insurance currently helps to pay for assisted living uh, costs. Um, For people who are very low income in Virginia and they have uh, disabilities, the Virginia Auxiliary Grant can provide some cost assistance for people. So the Auxiliary Grant is a state funded program that uh, for people who receive Supplemental Security um, Income, SSI, uh, which is the Social Security Administration's disability program, for uh, low-income people that don't have significant work history. Um, the Virginia and some, some other states and Virginia offer a, a monthly supplement to the SSI uh, payment because the, the, mon- the standard monthly SSI payment in Virginia this year is, I think it's $783. That's the national benefit rate. Um, And so when you think about the average cost of assisted living being, you know, $4,800 in Virginia, well, that's way, way out of price range for people that are, you know, living on a $783 monthly income. So the Virginia Auxiliary Grant Program provides this cost assistance. It's a monthly supplement to uh, the, the person's SSI payment, which allows them to uh, pay the cost of either an assisted living uh, facility uh, placement, a placement in an adult foster care program, which is kind of rare. There's really not that many around, I don't think, or in some areas, um, a their own apartment in a permanent supportive housing program. So, so going back to the cost factor, so uh, SSI 783 a month, Um, The average cost of assisted living $4,800 a month. So what the uh, auxiliary grant program does is it's the General Assembly approved this program to assist people very low income, again, SSI recipients. And so the supplement that they provide is about 600 to $800 a month, depending on where the person lives in Virginia. So, So what they do is they wrap up the person's SSI monthly payment with the uh, auxiliary grant payment assistance and the payment limit. So the maximum payment for assisted living for people in this program that live in Northern Virginia is just over $1,600 a month. So it's, I think it's like $1,620 a month this year. Um, and elsewhere in the state, uh, it's $1,400 a month. So the way it works is that, that they add this supplement to the individual's monthly SSI payment that amount, so either it's fourteen hundred um, in the non-Northern Virginia areas and sixteen hundred in, in Northern Virginia. Those those dollars go to the individual, and then they pay up to that amount for their assisted living, and then uh, and they get a small monthly stipend for their personal living expenses. So, you know, this program served about four thousand people uh, during 20, 2020 um it's it's really important for a lot of people that don't have other resources and especially for people that you know more just recently i think in 2015 the general assembly approved using those funds actually it might have been later in 2018 maybe the general assembly approved using the auxiliary grant for people in permanent supportive housing so there is now an alternative to going to an assisted living facility uh, they can go to their own apartment and use that, uh, their uh, auxiliary grant, um, to pay for their, uh, their uh, monthly rent. Um, so then let me flip over to nursing homes. So nursing facility costs are a little bit different. Um, you can, they, so Medicare and Medicaid both pay for nursing home care. Um, Medicare is pretty restrictive in the nursing care that it provides, and there are some certain requirements that have to be met in order for Medicare to pay for nursing home costs. So there's like four or five different requirements and a person has to meet each one of these. So the first thing is they have to have Medicaid, uh, I'm sorry, Medicare Part A insurance, which is the Medicare hospital coverage. So most Medicare recipients have this. Um, Then the next thing is they have to have a qualifying hospital stay. That means that there had to have been a medically necessary uh, stay in an inpatient hospital of at least three days or more um, in order to qualify for Medicare to cover nursing facility costs. The doctor, the person's doctor would have to order a skilled nursing facility placement beca- in, in order for the individual to receive like services from you know, physical therapists, occupational therapists, You know, speech language pathologists, um, you know RNs, um, because again, nursing home care is designed to to help people recover or uh, rehabilitate from illness or injury, Um, and then you know basically, Medicare would cover that and. I can't remember. I, I think there might be a limit to the number of days, but I have to. I'll have to check on that. Um, and people can always uh, contact DLCV if they have more questions about that. Um, so then, uh, with respect to uh, Medicaid, Medicaid covers nursing home care for people who are extremely low income because Medicaid, by its nature, is a, uh, a health insurance program for low-income people children and families um, that live in poverty or you know, other folks that have extremely low income. So um, per, a person that uh, qualifies for Medicaid assistance for nursing home care, I think the current regulation is that they have to have an income, I think the last I heard was $1,700 a month, um, and then also meet the requirements in terms of physical and, and medical care needs for nursing facility care. I hope that makes sense. But the difference really is that, you know, Medicare Part A uh, uh, nursing facility costs can be covered for anyone under Medicare, uh, assuming that they meet the required criteria. But for Medicaid coverage, the person would have to be extremely low income and have, a, I think the resource limit is $2,000 uh, in, in liquid resources like cash and bank accounts or whatever to qualify for uh, Medicaid long-term care. It's kind of complicated, and if people have questions about those things, they, uh, with respect to Medicaid, they would want to contact their local Department of Social Services. Um, And for Medicare, they would want to contact the Medicare program, uh, and there's an 800 number that, uh, that, uh, that Medicare has to answer questions from its members.
0: So Medicare and Medicaid are both insurances. But with the auxiliary grant, is that something you have to apply for personally? How does that work getting that support?
3: Yes, good question. So the auxiliary grant, uh, the the person would need to apply to their local department of social services um, for the auxiliary grant program. And they would need to be recipients, already recipients of SSI um, so if, they, if the person receives SSI and they do want to move into an assisted living facility or potentially to into their own home in a permanent supportive housing setting, and let me explain for folks what that means. So permanent supportive housing <clears throat> is a, uh, a, a service that is designed to provide people with access to housing by um, uh, allowing them to find and, and develop a lease for their own uh, you know, apartment or you know, house or whatever it is that they decide to rent. Um, and the program pays generally in permanent supportive housing, The program pays for two thirds of the monthly rent and the uh, uh, resident pays a third of their monthly income to the rent. So essentially the resident pays a third and then the program picks up the balance of the cost. And so these uh, programs, uh, permanent supportive housing, are designed to provide people that may need some supports with independent living, like they may need to, you know, um, have some support or understanding or training and in how to manage uh, their money or how to uh, maintain an apartment or do some of these other things. But it is designed to be permanent housing. The person is um, the uh, permanent supportive housing model that pretty much everybody follows now is that it's it's a housing first model, which means they don't have to agree to participate in any kind of services because the goal is for them to be housed. Um, the important thing for, for everybody is that they have a safe and secure place to live. I mean, housing is healthcare from that perspective for people with uh, disabilities and and disabling conditions. Um, So this program, the auxiliary grant program uh, covers that two thirds of the monthly rent uh, for uh, people who are in a, a permanent supportive housing setting. So again, yes, they would need to go to their local department of social services to apply. And they would not be eligible unless they are um, unless they're SSI recipients.
0: Well, thank you so much, Rhonda. This has been really interesting and a lot of information that I think people probably didn't know before. Um, if they want more information on nursing facilities or assisted living facilities or anything that we've talked about today, where can they find that? <laughs>
3: So there are many places online where people can get information about individual facilities, about assisted living facilities, about the differences between assisted living facilities. Um, They can always contact DLCV if they've got questions uh, or if they have concerns about the care that they're receiving uh, or, you know, they feel like something isn't quite right, you know, they should definitely contact DLCV. Uh, because we might be able to provide them with some assistance in figuring out what their rights are. Um, We can't recommend specific facilities at DLCV, like we we can't really do that. Um, But there are, if people um, have access to the internet, they can Google Assisted Living Facility Reviews Virginia or Nursing Facility Reviews Virginia, uh, because there are lots of websites out there that do provide this information. Um, You know, so, you know, if you think you need to, uh, you want to go into an assisted living setting or you need to go into a nursing setting, you know, that you have, there are lots of choices and and finding out more about the facility, the specific facility that the person might be looking at would be really good to have. I mean, and one other thing I want to mention too is that uh, nursing facilities in Virginia are licensed by the Virginia Department of Health. Just like hospitals and home health care agencies, uh, you know, they have specific requirements because all, all these nursing facilities receive uh, federal funds. So they have they, you know, there are certain rights that people have in nursing facilities uh, as residents. Same thing with assisted living facilities. However, like I said earlier on, assisted living facilities in Virginia are licensed by the Virginia Department of Social Services. So it's a different licensing agency. But again, if people have concerns or questions other than you know needing recommendations for a specific facility, they can contact DLCV and, and we might be able to help.
0: Well, fabulous. Thank you so much, Rhonda. We so appreciate you being here.
3: Well, thank you for having me. I'm glad we got to do this.
0: Me too. It's always a pleasure chatting with you.
3: And now, a DLCD highlight.
2: Starting in May 2021, the Transportation Security Administration, TSA, will be implementing new staff training and screening procedures to better save individuals as they travel. Several states have recently updated laws to allow people with disabilities to add communication impediment designations on identification cards, such as driver's license. These new additions will help law enforcement officers and TSA officers, as well as others in the community, be aware of potential communication needs for these individuals. All TSA officers will be trained, starting today, to be aware of the designation on cards and how to work like these individuals. We are committed to helping individuals with disabilities navigate the travel screening process and to ensure all passengers, regardless of their personal situation or needs, are treated with dignity, respect, and courtesy.
0: Thank you again so much to Rhonda Thyssen for being on the podcast today. I think we learned a whole lot um, about the differences between assisted living facilities and nursing homes, especially when it comes to insurance, which is complicated as always, but I hope Rhonda was able to shed some light on everything for our listeners as much as she was able to shed some light on it for us here.
1: Yes, some mind-blowing information and greatly appreciated, very informative and educational. Thank you so much, Rhonda. Thanks, Rhonda. Thank you all for listening to this episode of Rights Here, Rights Now, brought to you by the Disability Law Center of Virginia. We're available on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts. Don't forget to subscribe and leave a review.
0: If you need assistance or want more information about DLCV and what we do, visit us online at dlcv.org. Follow us on Twitter at DisabilityLawBA, all one
1: word, and share us with your friends. Until next time, I'm Suzanne Harp. And I'm Valerie Jones. And this has been Rights Here. Rights Now.